Welcome to the podcast, In and Through exists to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. My name is Tim. And my name is Marshall. What's up, Marshall? Not much. A real-time podcast? A real-time, that's right. That's right, yeah. We are we are recording and releasing on the same day. Normally, we're about a week, two weeks out. Yeah. But I went on vacation. Yeah, and how was that? And we didn't plan ahead. That's okay. And uh, so you're getting this about an hour after we <laughs> recorded. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, how was vacation? I came back three days early. Yeah. It rained a lot this week. Yeah. We were going to go camping. It rained a lot. We'll go camping another time. There you go. But it's good to be back in the podcast room. It is. Yeah. And it's, it's still a work in progress. Yeah, it needs to be cleaned up a bit. Yeah. But uh, maybe some decor of some kind. Mm. I don't know what we'll do. Mm. Do you do you want to take like you you can have your half of the room and I'll have my half of the room, like like brothers when they're sharing a room growing up. And it's like <laughs> you get your half, I get mine. Who do I cry to though if you cross over into my side? <laughs> I'm just thinking of all the posters I had growing up as a kid. I'm gonna have like a Lamborghini Diablo here. You're going to bring like Diablo Wayne, into Wayne, the church? Wayne Gretzky. Oh, yeah, right. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. We are talking about prayer. We are. That's what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Specifically, with what attitude should we pray? Right. So it's an important question. It is. Right. Um, it matters because we know that prayer is an integral part of Christian life. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is the mindset? What what should our disposition and our approach be um, in our prayers? And as I was thinking about this question and kind of the implications of the question, there is an analogy in one of the commentaries, I believe from last week, that that compared prayer in the Christian life to breathing, right? Right. right. And they started thinking about athletes mm-hmm. who want to perform well or singers who want to sing well. Both breathe. They need and they need to learn breath control, sure, right? Learn how to breathe the best way. Um, so on a certain level, right? Breathing obviously comes naturally. Thank goodness. Otherwise, <laughs> we wouldn't be here uh, if we had to consciously <laughs> you decide imagine to breathe. all the things that you forget to do in a day. Oh my goodness, I don't even want to think. You about had it. to add that. But I think if we want to excel, if we want to press into this, if we want to improve our prayer life, just like an athlete wants to improve their performance or a singer improve their ability. Uh, I think breath control um, for them is kind of like our prayer life needs to be informed with the right attitude and approach. So we can, in a sense, improve this fundamental thing. Mm-hmm. If, that, if that's a fair analogy. Yeah, I, I think... It, I, I don't think that the, our attitude in prayer is something that we need to be hyper aware of. Mm. But it is something that we need to be aware of. It's the kind of thing where a simple enough adjustment or or vision for it from the beginning can then carry you for years, decades. Yeah. Uh, kind of a thing. Not, not something that it, 
in every moment of our prayer, we need to be asking the question, am I doing this right? Right. <laughs> because that is that can be a thing. Right, right, right. And so some of the ways people get this wrong is they make it such a thing mm. that people are afraid constantly. Are we standing in the presence addressing the God of all creation? Absolutely. And that deserves reverence and respect. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are not to be there in fear, mm-hmm. right? Um, in, in the kind of fear that would cause us to think maybe we shouldn't be there, right? I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it can be made too weighty. Oh, sure. And, and over the years, it has even been made so weighty that some have said you shouldn't even do it you should let me do it for you. <laughs> right? Yeah. Come to me and I'll pray for you. Right? Um, at churches that have gone that way are entirely missing the concept of Jesus as the intercessor, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit's work in us to lead us into prayer. And the book of Hebrews that says, that talks about this, those things and then says, for this reason, we approach with confidence, the throne of God. Mm. Um, it, it can also be made too light. We've talked about sure. this in the last episode where people just sort of come in with with a hyper-casual language. I, I, I don't mean you need to become formal. I mean, you also don't need to speak to them with a level of informality that you wouldn't use with people you respect in your life. Right. Right. Um, I'm not going to get into making laws about what kinds of things should and shouldn't be said. You can figure that out. Sure. Right. Um, reverence, but not, not to the point of, of fear that you belong, Mm. I, I think is. Is a pretty good balance in that, but those are some those are some attitude things that I see in there. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Any attitudes that you would add? Uh, sure. I think um, some wrong attitudes in prayer, um, doing it out of just cold duty, just in and mm-hmm. of itself, just doing it uh, for the sake of doing it because it's a tradition or because it's expected of us. Sure. Right. I think, for example, praying before meals for many people is a practice that they regularly engage in. Um, And that's a good thing. But I think we ought to remember as we come before God in prayer that this is not, we're not just spewing off some words so that we can dig into our meals feeling like we checked the box. Like are we, we have to check our, our our hearts. Is this meaning, is this a meaningful time where we're coming before the Lord as we're preparing to eat, to, to thank him for what he's provided and what he's done even just today, right? So I think that cool duty, I think also the Bible talks about not praying in faithlessness, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Not that we shouldn't pray without any kind of expectation. Uh, James 1, 6, let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Um, So yeah, so we pray in the understanding that we're heard and that God is able to hear us and respond to what it is that we're praying. Yeah, when when you talked about that praying just sort of because it's what we do, 
Mm. Right? We're not thinking about it. We're just doing it. Um, we can get to a point if our hearts are hardened to God. I, I, this is what I, I don't want to do. Right? I, I don't want... I don't want people who are genuinely seeking the Lord who to, to start panicking and asking their, themselves the question, oh my goodness, when, when I prayed uh, before I went to bed at night, has that become too routine, mm. right? Am I not, am I, I'm not really getting the feels. I'm not really digging deep into it. Do I, do I need to stop doing that? Mm. Or, or how, how big of a deal does my, prayer over my meal need to become right. right that's not what i'm i'm talking about here what i'm talking about is those people who are so casually christian that seeking god is not really something that they're doing genuinely mm-hmm. not something that they're doing but maybe formally going through the motions of it mm-hmm. with things like prayer yeah public prayer but not private prayer mm-hmm. not a private seeking of the lord it reminds me of Isaiah chapter 1. Okay. When Israel's going through this themselves, uh, starting at verse 14, it says, Your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hates. They've become a burden to me, and I'm weary of bearing them. He's asked them time and time again, Who has asked you to do these things? And the mm. trick answer is him, <laughs> right? These The appointed feasts were appointed by him. Right. Right? And he's saying... These things that I've asked you to do as examples of worship to me have become burdensome to me. Hmm. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Hmm. Wash them, make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. I'll switch to the NIV for this next part because I just love the simplicity. Okay. Stop doing what's wrong. Start doing what's right. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, and, and the point of all that is to say, I, I've talked about him before. A guy that I bumped into who is like, I practice nothing of, of faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I pray because that's all God really wants from us anyway mm. is that we pray we talk to him so I do that apparently not yeah right uh, these people were it, what it ends up becoming is it ends up becoming this sort of patronizing of God mm-hmm. right it, it's not respectful it's patronizing mm-hmm. to be like do the thing that pacifies him whatever and then we'll go back about our business right um, and God is saying no no mm. Live the life you've been called to and worship me accordingly. Don't put on a show and think that I'm fooled that you're with your lips you praise me, but your hearts are far from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we can also pray um, out of greed, right? For greedy purposes, as we oh, bring yeah. petitions, right? We want yeah. to dissatisfy our desires apart from God's will. Good one. God is not going to give us the things that aren't good for us. So if our desire for something is unhealthy, if it's something that's going to draw us further away from him, uh, why should we expect him to give it to us? 
Sure. Right. I mean, that's the reality, right? If, if, if our, our unhealthy desire for some material thing, um, or even not material could be, could be situational even, but if our desire for that outweighs our desire for him, um, it wouldn't make sense for him to give us those things because they're, it's leading us further away from himself. Like it just would be seem counterintuitive for him to do that. So, yeah. And, and here's my measure for how to do, go about this. Okay. Cause I, I've been asked this over the years. Like people feel guilty. Mm. They're in a place maybe where they want to buy a house, but they live in Stratford and they're not selling a home in Toronto that gives them the leverage to buy a house in Stratford but they're praying for a house, and then they think, wait a minute, am I into this sort of greedy prosperity prayer? Right. Do I need to check this? It, it, Pastor, am I allowed to pray this? <laughs> kind of an idea, right? Right. And, and my, my idea, this is the test, because it's not about what you're praying, it's about the heart behind it, mm. Right. My test is to, if you can, at the end of that request, say genuinely or not, just to be able to throw on there, God, this is the thing that my heart desires. I want it Mm. or not. Mm. It's entirely up to you. Right. Teach me gratitude if I receive it, contentment if I don't. Mm -hmm. If, If you can genuinely do that, then I think you're in the perfect place yeah. to bring your petitions before the Lord um, yet not be trying to use him as a ATM. Yeah, for sure. The last problematic attitude um, that I want to mention is uh, prideful prayer. Jesus used the example in Luke 18 of a Pharisee standing by himself praying, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Right? Prayer where we try to elevate ourselves above others. I, I had that exact same passage. Did you really? Ready to bring today. Nice. Let me, I'm going to cut you off though. I okay. just want to do this just in case. Okay. Just in case, because I don't know where you're headed. Okay. I'm a little nervous. When we teach this passage, mm-hmm. we can only talk about the good things the tax collector is praying. If we get too deep into what the Pharisee is doing wrong, then we're doing what the Pharisee's doing. <laughs> oh, man. Do you see where I'm going with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you can acknowledge. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not like the Pharisee who wrongfully prayed that he was not like the tax collector. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh man, maybe we're getting, maybe we're tying ourselves in knots. We don't have to. But. <laughs> no, uh, no. I think there's, I think there's a point to us understanding what the Pharisees doing wrong. Right. But I think, I think also to check our own hearts, the meat of that study. I've always, I've always taught the meat of that study is the one doing right. Right. If, if you, if you make that the sort of afterthought. Mm-hmm. And it all focuses on how bad the Pharisee is. Oh, man. Then you're doing the Pharisee thing. Yeah. You but, know, but it doesn't mean we can't acknowledge. The Pharisees take a lot of flack from Christians. I mean, they take a lot of flack from Jesus, let's be honest. 
Oh, sure. But still, arguably, apart from those who chose to follow Jesus, probably the best of the groups of Ju- within Judaism in in Israel in the first century, as, as oh, yeah. strange as that sounds. Yeah, without question. Yeah, like, they, they, the others didn't get as much attention because they were almost, like, just too far gone. Yeah, that's, that was, that's what I would say, too, right? The, the reason he's so... I'm going to be harder on my kids than I'm going to be on anyone else's kids. Sure, sure. Because they're mine. Yeah. They're right here. And it's my responsibility. They're my people. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think that's why Jesus is... And many of them, the biblical language often just throws everyone together in the same boat, mm-hmm. even to say the Jews, mm. right? We have Jewish Christians saying the Jews. Right. Right? <laughs> uh, which, which are arguably really broad nets that have unfortunately led to anti-Semitic... Uh, ideas throughout Christian history. Yeah, it's true. Um, but those broad nets narrowed. A lot of the Christians who came to Jesus are Pharisees. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because and, the Pharisees believed in the authority of God's word and the inspiration of God's word. Right. Right. So they, they actually did care <laughs> where this, the Sadducees did it. Sure. <laughs> no, that's, that's a, and, and the zealots were too concerned with political matters to really even care about faith. Uh, anyways, the Herodians were too busy trying to rub shoulders with Rome. Yeah, and the Essenes were off doing their thing in the middle of the desert. <laughs> <laughs> they, they never knew the whole thing was. They going were the down. they were the equivalent of the Amish. They were just like yeah. we had no time for nobody. Anyways, that was a that was a rabbit trail. But um, I think we just need to like understand not to pray pridefully. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and Jesus touches on this too in regards to the way that we pray, right? using, you know, um, eloquent words or being, you know, long-winded for the sake of seeming spiritual. Praying out on the street. Yeah, right. For- Here, so this is, that doesn't mean we don't pray publicly. No. It doesn't mean we don't pray well or use eloquent, an eloquent word from time to time. Sure. What it means is, summed up, there's a reward for prayer. Mm. If your goal is to get the people then and there to say, wow, that guy can pray. Congrats. You got your reward. Mm. Now, the alternative is you want to pray sincerely where you're not focused on what people think about you as a prayer. <laughs> then your reward is that growth and connection and relationship with God. Mm-hmm. You get a reward. Either way, here's the treasure box. Take your pick. Mm. And Jesus is just saying, choose wisely. Yeah. I right. Like, that. like, it's not a cool, th- it maybe it feels cool in the moment for people to be like, wow, that was a great prayer. And maybe that just happens, whatever. But if that's your goal, if in the back of your mind, you're thinking, oh, this is going to get them. Mm. This is going to wow them. Mm. Got right? a little alliteration in yeah. there. Yeah. Drop some scripture from memory in there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and, and again, <laughs> again, I, I do those things. <laughs> yeah, and, no, and I know. People <laughs> who pray well, not not performing, but praying well, mm-hmm. do those things. Mm-hmm. The point is, if your goal is to get the people's attention, mm-hmm. that's the that's the issue that he has. Yeah, not that people would bring that spiritual depth in their conversation with God himself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So the idea is just who are you praying to when yeah. you're praying, who are you talking to? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. 
So, the catechism says, in wow. regards to this question. We have 10 minutes. We're fine. We're, do the catechism we're doing fine. Says. We're good. With what attitude should we pray? With love, perseverance, and gratefulness. In humble submission to God's will, knowing that for the sake of Christ, he always hears our prayers. Mm-hmm. Number one. It's affectionate. Yeah. It's not It's not formal. It's not rigid. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's with love. Mm-hmm. That's why praying out your Hail Marys, mm-hmm. those things that are just routine um, and not from the heart are not prayer. 1 Corinthians 13, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. I am nothing. Yeah. But I think you're using it out of context. That's about weddings. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Love is a prerequisite for prayer. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's love for God and I think also a love for others, right? Love is a thing that motivates us to call on God. and, uh, And it's out of that love. Even even love for our enemies at times that we are, we're called to bring the needs of others. And just to be clear, prayer. that's not about weddings. Yeah, I know. I, I just yeah. don't want anyone. I, I know you know. But <laughs> pers- I feel like we've both mentioned that from the pulpit, though. That like this maybe. isn't just exclusively a wedding thing. But maybe hopefully our people are getting that. Uh, not inappropriate for weddings. Just no. a broader. It, it just is much broader than that. Yeah. So what? So couples always bring passages of scripture they just i think they just word search love find one they want to use um so i always say this is god's encouragement for the way that we love each other and the world around us which is just amplified in the marriage relationship yeah so that way i'm keeping it in context nice all right so number one with love number two with perseverance without ceasing without ceasing pray without ceasing mm-hmm. which I think is easier to explain in the modern world than it ever has been in history, right? So when I was a kid growing up, people were like, well, does that mean I walk around with my head bowed and my eyes closed, bumping into stuff? How do I drive my car, right? Like that kind of a thing. Right. Um, And we would be like, no, no, what it means is, and try to explain it away. But now, with the advent of our overabundance of messaging opportunities through texting and group chats and all of those things that we do Mm. right i mean you and i chat without ceasing it's true (laughs) right (laughs) at one point frustrates my wife a little bit sometimes but (laughs) at one point i looked on my facebook messenger yeah to send a message we've talked about this before i looked at my facebook messenger to send a, a thing and Six of the top eight chats that I had included, if not were exclusively for you and or Alex. (laughs) Yeah. So it was just like church chat, staff chat, kids men chat, individual between you and I, the meme group, like (laughs) all of these things. And I was looking at it and I was like, I need a life. (laughs) Great. <laughs> but but in that that's a I feel like is a really good example of what it means to pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That we don't have a time this is going to sound bad. We don't have a time set apart for God that is restricted to that time set apart for God. Right, I see what you mean, yeah. You know what I mean? So 
that's to say, well, I, I get up in the morning and I read my Bible and I pray. And that's it. I'll see you again in the morning, mm. right? Or, or before I go to bed or, or maybe a quick nod at, at dinner, right? Not mm-hmm. lunch. Mm-hmm. We don't pray for lunch, just dinner. <laughs> uh, those kinds of things are, are the issue. But, but when it's just this sort of running dialogue through the day mm-hmm. where at any point, the opportunity for a quick prayer mm-hmm. is available and that it's, it's uh, yeah, yeah, that running dialogue mm-hmm. in the same way you would with those that you text with constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's the way that I feel it, it best explains the concept of praying without ceasing, which is one part of perseverance. Yeah. I mean, there's the parable of the persistent widow, um, which is always, you know, interesting, but Jesus used the example. He's like, you know, this lady, she keeps coming to the judge, the unrighteous mm-hmm. judge, and he ends up settling her issue, right? So in the same way, come come to God, right? Now, now There's also the parable of the man who knocks on his, the neighbor's door, <laughs> yeah. which I always thought was really strange. And mm-hmm. then I became a dad. And then I realized what it means to get the kids to bed and someone come knocking on the door. And you bet he got up. <laughs> of course he got up. He's like, what are you doing? The kids are asleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, in the early part of the book of Acts, there's a phrase that's used repeatedly to describe the church. Um, it says that they were continually devoting themselves to prayer. Um, it's a descriptor that's used for the church. Um, and I think that applies mm-hmm. individually and corporately of, of this perseverance in prayer that we are continually devoting ourselves to it. Number three, we're to pray with gratefulness. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Mm-hmm. That's just one example of countless verses in the Bible that connect prayer and thankfulness. Um, right. We talked about how you know prayers of thankfulness ought to be a key component of what we do when we pray. Mm-hmm. Um thankfulness and i think this i think thankfulness for what god has already done is going to inform our prayers um for things that are currently going on or things that are coming down the line right as we thank him as we remind ourselves he doesn't need to be reminded he he knows what he's done but as as we remind ourselves there's and this might sound weird but like there's there are psychological benefits to being thankful and God who made us and knows how our minds work, knows the benefits that occur when we respond in gratitude, which is why he calls us to be thankful always um, and in all circumstances because he loves us. And so he, in his directions to us, he's giving us something that is for our benefit. It is, it is for our benefit to be thankful. Right. He doesn't need our thanks. And, and gratitude not only is something that benefits us, but it also builds our faith. True. Like while you were oh, saying yeah. that, I instantly thought of Psalm 3. Mm. Again, David's in trouble. Everyone's out to get him, which is kind of his life story. He has these, <laughs> yeah. he has these <laughs> blinks of moments where people aren't trying to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> but this isn't one of those moments. It's true. It says uh, people are saying there's no salvation for him in his God. 
But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. So there's the prayer, mm-hmm. knowing that his prayer was heard. Mm-hmm. And so what does he do in all this stress? He says, then I lie down, and I slept, and I awoke again, for the Lord sustained me. Mm. Right? Brought his petition to the Lord in gratitude that he was heard, and he went to bed. Yeah. Mm. Because he knew it wasn't even in his hands to wake up in the morning. But God chose to wake him up in the morning. Mm. Um, gratitude even for the, the, be- the beginnings of a day. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that psalm. Um, we're also to do this in humility, in humble submission to God's will, right? While we may be asking for things from God in our petitions, uh, you know, while we rest in his uh, promises to us in Scripture, maybe even calling upon those promises that he's made to us in Scripture, we remain humble mm-hmm. knowing that it's ultimately up to God, right? Right. That's where I was going to insert the tax collector. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right, because he's the one who comes in humbly and says, I know I don't deserve to be here. Um, now that we are aware of the plan of God through the person of Christ to pay the penalty of our sin, we have even a greater opportunity to say, I know I don't deserve to be here, but for your grace and mercy, I am. Mm-hmm. And and keep that in mind. Um this whole like entitlement, right? Even going so far as to do this, I hope this sounds strange to many of people who would listen here, but it's not uncommon for people to teach. You go in prayer with a sense of entitlement Mm. because that's what God wants. Mm -hmm. And you say, I'm a prince Mm. or even I'm a God, Mm. right? Um, Yeah. But but that's not how that's not even how Jesus prayed. Yeah, and well, guess what? He is God. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say that because some people might see this this you know this idea of okay, I'm coming to you, Lord, but I understand like ultimately it's up to your it's in your will. They might see that as a kind of an easy out or even a lack of faith. But oh yeah, I've been told that's a but about. Jesus prayed this at the Garden of Gethsemane. Yep. He's pleading with his Father, take this cup from me. Absolutely. Right, and then he says but not my will, right? And to, you know, for those who are kind of like, okay, well, how does that work? Because Jesus is God. It, his, in, his, in, in his incarnation takes on humanity. And so his, his human will is wrestling because mm-hmm. uh, he understands the depth of what's going to happen. And yet he submits to the will of God. Um, and so if Christ himself can, can submit, um, be, be submitted to the, to the will of God in that way, then so should we. Yeah, and even, even before... The tomb right before he raises Lazarus, he says, I, I pray this not for my sake, but for those who are hearing me. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so him to him to have that wrestling and to pray that out loud in the garden doesn't necessarily mean that Jesus was on the verge of backing out. Mm. Right. Mm. Um, I think that's one of the most fitting examples of a prayer um, in all of Scripture. Mm-hmm. And so it benefits us mm-hmm. for him to say that and to teach us how to pray that way. Mm hmm. Yeah, and finally, we know that he hears our prayers for the sake of Christ, right? Christ is our intercessor and our mediator, our go-between, right? So so as you were mentioning kind of in the early 
part of the podcast, right? We don't need other people to be praying on our behalf to be our go-betweens, right? Like we don't, we, we don't bring our prayers of confession to a professional to pray, you know, nope. to pray on our behalf. And, um, I, and I, I think people would be like, well, we're not Catholic. We know better than that. <laughs> I, we still have people that, this doesn't mean that if you would like for us, we would love to be praying for you. Yeah, let, let us, us know. know. We would love to be joining you in prayer. For sure. But sometimes people come at it with the idea of, I've done all I can do. It's time to step it up a notch and invoke the pastoral staff mm-hmm. in prayer. Right? As if I have a, some access to God that the average believer doesn't. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm happy to pray for you, pray with you as a brother in Christ, mm-hmm. not as the manager, mm-hmm. the next level up because you're not getting what you were hoping for because there's some ineptitude that you have mm-hmm. that I've overcome or, or a special access because of my office. Yeah, God hearing our prayers is not based on the degree of our own obedience or accomplishments or righteousness or our own our own you know job title or anything. It's on the basis of Christ's perfect obedience and his perfect righteousness and his perfect fellowship with the father. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, whether, whether you are a seasoned, you know, theologian or a new believer, you have access to God by the same means. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that should hopefully give people confidence. Yeah. I, I hope in, in the way that they approach the Lord in prayer, that they are heard not on the basis of themselves, but on the basis of Christ. Mm-hmm. He says here, he always hears our prayers, yet we know that James tells us that sin hinders our prayers. Mm. Um, Again, Scripture is inspired by God. Mm -hmm. The Catechism is our best way of managing some basic ideas about that Scripture into a rudimentary theology. Uh, But I do want to defend that notion and say that I do think it harmonizes. When when the Bible talks about hindering our prayers, I, I don't think that it means God is incapable of hearing them Yeah, um, or that he won't hear them. Mm-hmm. I think what it means is are things like this. When, when we're struggling physically, emotionally, spiritually, and we're praying for peace, for release in that, if we have systematic sin mm. ingrained in our life, mm. that suffering is mercy. Yeah. And our prayer for deliverance will be graciously hindered. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because if we were at peace and in sin, what a catastrophe. Yeah. Good point. But if we were aware of the pain that our sin is causing us or others, or both, then it is his grace and mercy not to answer that prayer, mm-hmm. not to bring us peace, mm-hmm. but to keep us in a state where we're eager for reconciliation. So that's that's the harmonizing of the two thoughts yeah, that that's I wanted great. to wrap up with. No, that's good. Any closing thoughts from you? No, sir. All right. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario, in cooperation with the Gospel Coalition of Canada and is produced by Alex Walker.
Take care. See you.